what it was for me was I was at a particular crossroads in my life. Something quite tragic had happened. And I was reflecting on my life thinking, wow, I don't want to get to the end of it and think I didn't do it. I didn't have a go. I didn't have a crack. At the, at the end of our lives, people don't look back on it and think, and feel bad about the things they did, like the people they hurt or the things they did. or the th- What we often feel bad about or uneasy about are the things that we didn't do. I can't finish life, no matter whether it's tomorrow or a week time or five years or 10 years or whatever it might be, and look back on this moment and think, I could have started it now. So that was, that was the drive. That was the, the, what tipped me over the edge and, and got me started. Hello listeners and welcome along to the Mind to Lead podcast, the podcast where leaders are made. Whether you're a CEO, manager, teacher or parent, I believe everybody can be a leader. My mission is to help my listeners understand the skills, traits and mindset of what it takes to become an exceptional leader. I'm your host, Georgie Hubbard, business owner, career and mindset coach. So if you're ready to discover the mindset it takes to lead, then this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Mind to Lead podcast. Today I interview my good friend Bernard Shockman. Bernard is the founder of Design Mosh Pit, a human-centered approach to design thinking. He is the man to speak to if you're ready to take your life or business to the next level. In today's episode, we go deep into meditation and why it's so important and how you can start attracting more positive experiences into your life. For anyone who's ready to commit to personal development and growth, tune in because this episode has so many words of wisdom and I really hope you enjoy. So welcome along to episode number two. I am sat here with a dear friend, Bernard. Amazing to have you here today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being here. So for those that don't know who you are, can you start by just giving the listeners a little bit of an introduction into who you are and a bit about your background? Okay, so my name is Bernard Schockman. I am in an area of the IT industry called design thinking, specifically an application of design thinking, which is what we call billboard design thinking. Think of that or just imagine a very large roll of paper on the on the wall and a bunch of people gathered around that wall, all working across a challenge in a step-by-step approach. And the one thing I really love about design thinking, especially this sort of application of design thinking, is that it's doing something that we've really struggled to do really well in, I think, probably the last 30 years, where we have multiple people from different sort of perspectives of a business or an organization being able to agree and align and move forward with something. So that whole process of getting everyone on the same page is what design thinking does really well. Amazing. And before you were doing the design thinking, what was your background previous to that? Okay, let me go back. So um, I'll I'll start right at the beginning. So I'm a first-generation Australian. My parents are from Sri Lanka. They are what you would call burgers, which means they're very uh, into, uh, what do you call this? There's a big mix of Europe, Europeans in our family. So there's about six people, there's four children in our family, of course, two parents. And we grew up in Adelaide, South Australia, one of the smallest states here in Australia. And I went to university at the, the Levels campus as well as University of South Australia doing a mixture of computer science, accounting, law and economics so that was sort of where I started my university that was not what I wanted to do actually (laughs) what I wanted to do was vet science but vet science really needed a lot of points and I wasn't that academic well I found out I wasn't that academic uh, when I reached about year 10 and I really struggled actually with the schooling system and just learning I think reading and learning generally I found really hard I I Even to this day, I will read something and I have to read something several times. So the reading and the learning has always been really hard for me. Um, But I I eventually got through that that course and started out in what we call now full stack development. Um, In the days where I started developing, there was no differentiation of back end development, middle tier or front end. It was all one because we weren't that advanced in our technologies back then. And I sort of 
moved my way out of the development side of things because every three years you had to learn a new technology as a developer. And by the third round of that, I just went, oh, I've had enough of this stuff. I need to get out of it. And I looked into another uh, part of sort of development, I guess, easier development, which was automated load and performance testing. So I sort of transitioned out of that hardcore dev role into, I guess, an automated load and tester and took those skills into Seek when I worked for a company called Seek, who is a job website here in Australia, and brought automated testing into, into that organization. And then I moved out of that when my first child was born, yes, and moved into a, th- a th- nearly a four-year contract, actually, which was supposed to be a business analyst type contract that turned into a screen design contract which was my introduction into UX design and it wasn't called UX design when I first started doing it we just really called it screen design Um, and it was moving out of then I guess UX design into I guess that was the start of moving into running my own business Um, And that's when we sort of met, Georgie, Mm. because I think you placed me in a role at RMIT there. Mm. And then, you know, various things happened and I found myself wanting to run my own thing. Mm. And so the new journey begins, as we all know, and everyone that does sort of start something new, especially when you're not looking at jobs anymore, you're, you're looking at how do I... How do I make something of my own? How do I start a business? How do I run it? And there's so much to that. Um, and that's when I guess I moved into this, the first part of owning a business or running a business was putting together a course on UX design. So I remember running a number of those and they they went quite successfully. So I went into that. But in doing that, in putting that course together, what I had to work out was, okay, it's all good and well to learn design, but you, you don't really know like when you go into an organization everyone in that organization knows so much more than you do about that organization you just know about design mm-hmm. so how do you get everyone in the room and how do you start to extract the information that they already know so they can give you the design that gets you halfway there because what we used to do was we would if i was consulting to come into your organization you'd say hey bernard this is what we want to do we want to do a new website or we want to do a new app or whatever it might be and then I would try to pull out as much information from you and then I would go away and design the entire thing. And what we found was that took far too long. Mm-hmm. When I came back to you and demonstrated it to you, there would be so many things wrong with it uh, and there would be so much rework into it. You know, you'd go through numerous rounds of rework and I could go on about how that story goes. But in, tr- in teaching that course, and this is, w- this is where I'm coming around to, we had to work out, well, what's the practical workshop look like to get all of these stakeholders in the room so that we could shortcut that whole process. And that's, I guess, where this whole idea of, and and it wasn't even called that then either, design thinking, that's what that was really when I look back at it. And that was my step into design thinking because when I started running these practical workshops, I went, wow, this is really good. This is really fast. This is really effective. And then design thinking came about. We started uh, understanding more about what that was and evolving that concept and and here we are today I guess we're here I am today in the Gold Coast now uh, running a business that I have been over the last five six years across the entire east coast of Australia running those workshops doing those things so that's I guess the the history in the background of what's taken me to here amazing so the the business is is it called design thinking no it's called design mosh pit mm-hmm. um and I, I called it that name for two reasons because it is a bit like a mosh pit mm-hmm. and i wanted to i wanted a name that was not standard that was not that sounded a bit unusual like mosh pit like and every time i say it people say what how do you, how do you spell that um so i i wanted something different that was the i guess the the reason behind the name mm-hmm. So who, in terms of your clients then, because what you've just described there, I can imagine a lot of companies really struggle, you struggle with, to get everybody in the room agreeing at the same time about, you know, the next process, the next step for a product or a launch or whatever that might be. So how, what's your approach when it comes to design thinking about getting, you know, things moving in a business? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, there's, you've always got to understand the challenge and the environment they're in. That's, I think, first and foremost. So once you understand that 
first and foremost. We've got, obviously we've done this for a while, so we have got a lot of standardized what we'll call billboards. But just every time I say billboard, just think of it as a step-by-step process for a particular thing. So for instance, we have a billboard for uh, working out what does the project vision look like? Um, how do we chunk down this project? What parts of that chunk go across the, the actual calendar year or the fiscal year, depending on how you're doing it? Um, what tasks need to be done? That's the project jam. Then you might have, okay, now we're getting into what does the product look like? So that's a product jam or a product billboard. Then there's the user experience. Okay, what does the user experience need to be like? So we have all these standardized sort of mm-hmm. boards that that will apply depending on what the 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 client challenge is and we may use them verbatim as we've used them again and again and again or we may tweak them up or down depending on what needs to be slightly changed to get to get the right outcome that the client's looking for and of course the the last part of that engagement is running the workshop and then reporting on the workshop so that's typically how it runs Mm -hmm. amazing so you mentioned just before then that you started this business because you were ready to take that first step when when did you know for you i think there's a lot of people out there that would love to start their own business and they get very much stuck in the day-to-day of working they've got all of the excuses of why not to start a business family money mortgage whatever it may be so what 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 did you do in order for you to take that first step in starting the business Mm, that's bringing up a lot of emotion at the moment um what it was for me was I was at a particular crossroads in my life. Something quite tragic had happened. And I was reflecting on my life thinking, wow, I don't want to get to the end of it and think I didn't do it. I didn't have a go. I didn't have a crack. Uh, I think people don't, at the, at the end of our lives, people don't look back on it and think, and feel bad about the things they did, like the people they hurt or the things they did. or the th- What we often feel bad about or uneasy about are the things that we didn't do. And I think that for me at that point in my life, I was in a great space, not a good space, but a great space to reflect on that and really look at my life and think, okay, this is not the best time to do this. Um, this is not the best time financially to do this. Um, as a father with X amount of children, to support and a partner this is not the best time to do this there were so many reasons why i shouldn't do this but in my heart there was there was this compelling reason to go on it to do it there was like i I cannot not do this you know with all this stuff it's like i just went i can't i can't finish life no matter whether it's tomorrow or a week time or five years or ten years or whatever it might be and look back on this moment and think I could have started it now mm. so that was that was the drive that was the the what tipped me over the edge and and got me started mm. so that whole you don't want to look back on your life and live regrets yes amazing and so in terms of then you've got all that fear and those concerns about why not to do it so how do you then show up every day mm. in the right headspace to do it all right there's a there's about three things that I do on a ritual basis, like probably almost every single day. And the first thing I do is uh, meditation has always been a big part of my life. And uh, I'm a very practical sort of meditate meditation sort of person. I don't like the fluffy sort of stuff. I just really like to get down and, and really get into what I need. And we can go into a little bit more in that later and how I do that. The second thing that I... Uh, I'm a big believer in is exercise and I think a lot of stuff comes out of exercise and I don't think there's enough I don't think people put enough weight on the value of exercise and let me go into that Um, and the the last thing I want to talk about is my business lifestyle design planner and we can talk about that as well but let's quickly quickly talk about exercise because this is super important when I exercise my physical body feels better I know that I, and I can feel that my blood's racing around my body. I can feel my digestion is working better. I can feel that my muscle tone is better. I can feel that my mental head has more clarity. I want to reach for a glass of water 
and not for a glass of Coke. Food tastes differently on my tongue when I exercise than when I don't. Um, Mentally, I'm out there, whether it's in the water surfing or on the bike riding or in the air, the fresh air, under the sunshine, I'm getting all those natural elements of sunshine, air, input from the green trees. Everything is just so nurturing. Everything to me, everything good comes from exercise first. So if you can only bring yourself to exercise first, I do truly believe that in time, everything else snaps into place. And let me take that one step further because exercise is not, we don't have to do a lot of exercise to get the benefits of it. Um, I believe that, and I have been through this point several times in my life, so I'm I'm not talking from book knowledge, I'm talking from self experimentation knowledge. I've been at points in my life where I've I've gone down to zero exercise for whatever reason okay and the way to get back into exercise is not to go and do a 30 minute workout not to go and do a 20 minute run to literally do one push-up or go for a walk around your house or your block then do it again tomorrow then do it again tomorrow if you're doing push-ups do two push-ups tomorrow then do two push-ups again the next day you'll find that doing that and committing to just that little bit for 30 days, something easy you can do where you finish it and you go, that was nothing, that was easy. That's the reinforcement you need to keep exercising for the next day. You do not need to go and get drilled and hurt yourself and have sore muscles the next day. That's not a positive reinforcement for you to exercise. So exercise, which is my number two, is key. It has to almost happen every day, whether it's the beginning or the end. Otherwise, I don't feel good. Because I know how good my body feels when I do exercise. So when I don't, I really do feel that. Now, the third thing that's really important to me is that business lifestyle design thing I'm talking about. So for the last five years, I think I've been working on and evolving what is it that is needed for me as a, as a lifestylepreneur, that's what I'll call myself. I'm not an entrepreneur in the respect that I want to create a multi-million dollar business No, and I didn't know that all along. But what I am is I'm a person that wants to every single day, if not 80 to 90% of my time, I want to live an excellent day. And and, and at most times an outstanding day. And we can go into what that means on a day-to-day basis. But that business lifestyle um, thing that I've created for myself is what keeps me on track. It's what allows me to wake up in the morning, feel motivated about what I'm going to do, know that I'm not doing too much, know that I'm doing the right stuff, um, and even in the hard times, just keep going. So just to recap, it's meditation, it's exercise, and it's my little business lifestyle design planner. That's amazing. And I was literally nodding along to all of that because I couldn't agree with you more on all of those three. Um, And you actually recently moved to the Gold Coast as well, away from Melbourne. Was that all part of your lifestyle design? That was designed in on purpose. Mm. Yes. Um, And it was, we can go into how that works, uh, if you like, later Mm. at at any time um, during this podcast. Mm. Uh, But yes, it was. And I I remember the moment, there was a moment that um, Shelley and I had taken the kids on a holiday to Kira Beach and I'm an early riser, so I get up these days. Previously, it used to be 3 a.m. Now, I'm about anywhere between 4.30 and 5, I'm up in the morning. Uh, and I remember waking up on Kira Beach in one of those high-rise little apartments, and it was, it was early. It was like maybe 4 a.m. or something like that. And I could see the brightness of, like, the blue of the sun. I'm, you, know, you know, just before the sun breaks, the, the sky starts to get light, yeah. lighter blue. And I could see that I went, wow you know i normally have to wait hours before the sun comes up because i've been i was living in adelaide and then for the last 20 years in melbourne and you'd wait hours for the sun to come up and here i am so picture this imagine this in your mind i've just woken up everyone's asleep because i i would that was the reason why i wake up early because everyone's asleep Mm -hmm. and i can get those few hours in for myself Mm -hmm. and do those really important things for myself first so here i am doing those really important things for myself first in the morning and i'm looking out maybe 13 stories up over Kira Beach, over the pine trees, looking at an ocean and a light sky coming up. And there's not really the sounds of anything because Kira's quite quiet. There was a few birds, etc. So there was that moment where I went, wow, oh, 
how, how can I wake up to this every day? How can I make this a part of my life? And I, I quite honestly, I didn't know that's what I wanted until that moment. Like I know some people, um, my, my sister, for instance, knew exactly what she wanted to do from the time she was probably in high school. I was not like that. I'm one of these people that I had no idea what I wanted to do. I kept following the shiny things, you know, and I, th- I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think if you don't know what to do, look around and go, what, what do I find interesting? What do I find exciting? And follow that mm. until a point where it doesn't become exciting, and interesting anymore. And then look up again and go, well, what else do I find interesting? Mm. And then go and chase that. But it was that defining moment when I woke up and I went, wow, this is what I want. This is the lifestyle I want. This is where I want to live. It was a, it was a really, it was a iconic moment in my life where so much came together in that one moment. So it was a very planned move. It took five years of um, very, very specific planning, and it was that lifestyle design. Uh, business lifestyle design mm-hmm. um, planner I'm talking about that helped me understand the experiences I wanted to have mm-hmm. and what I needed to do to have those experiences to maneuver myself mm-hmm. closer and closer and closer towards mm-hmm. that goal mm-hmm. amazing and look on that as well I think there's a lot of people that would come on holiday to places like the Gold Coast or wherever they go and think to themselves goodness this would be amazing if I lived mm-hmm. here but then they have all the fear and the, oh, the yeah. limiting beliefs. So you must have had a few of those yourself. So how? what did you do to overcome that? Look, I think at any moment, anything, everything, at any moment, everything can be taken away. Like, And I've had that happen in my life twice where everything was taken away. And it's, it's a really, it's such a hard moment in life because it's almost like floating around in space, not really knowing where the ground is. You have no reference points anymore to to who you used to be and there's nothing to grab onto so to move yourself into a place where you go wow i'd love to live here but how do i do that i think it it takes a bit of planning you, you can't just jump into it you've got to you've got to have some sort of way to earn money mm-hmm. um that is not traditional and i think this is where this this term the lifestylepreneur comes into it because these people are those sort of people. They, they one, have a skill set um, and they've generally developed them over X amount of years in the industry. They probably are running a business or want to run a business that, or they feel really strongly inclined to run a business or to get a better lifestyle because the one they've got right now is not healthy and it's definitely not one they want to sustain for the next 20 years. Um and the other thing those people, I, I think they do have, is they have a deep-seated belief in themselves. Um, because when things go wrong and things do go wrong, you have to have enough faith in yourself and you have to have enough of a belief that you can get through it no matter what it is. Mm. Mm. And that faith that you just talked about, is there a process or any advice you'd give to people to, yep. to go through and start that? That, that's where that meditation stuff that I was talking about comes into it. And before before we did this podcast, I, I gave you a sample of what I do, and I call that prescribed med, med, I was going to call I was going to say prescribed medication. Um, I call it prescribed meditation because okay, so many things are getting into this conversation. Your ability to be healthy first, your 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 focused. I'm getting into intuition here. And the reason I'm getting into intuition is in order for you to feel intuition, in order for you to be able to sense it, understand the difference between intuitive thoughts and and thoughts that are just coming into your head are able to be done because of, I believe, not always, but in, in a lot of cases, mental clarity, which comes from good exercise, good health, et cetera, et cetera, right? So health is health and exercise to even a basic level is really important in order to be able to use your intuition. And I rely on my intuition a lot in, in those, in these sort of cases. So um, to able to navigate myself across anything 
that is unknown. And every, when you get into a business, like everything's unknown. Uh, you know, you know, you know a great deal about your skill set, but you know nothing about running a business. And there's so much more to running a business than there is to to doing a job or having a skill set. It's it's pretty crazy. But I think being able to trust in your intuition and understand what are the guiding thoughts you're having and what are the thoughts you're having, and then being able to manage the messed up thoughts that you're having through this prescribed style of meditation is really key. And let me just talk what what could be misunderstood here. Um, Okay, so let's talk about intuition first and then let's talk about the prescribed meditation. Okay, so quite simply, to understand what are intuitive thoughts coming into your head and what are your own thoughts is a very simple process. Um, it It is just quite simply this. Your own thoughts happen sequentially, meaning you think this, then that leads you on to thinking that, and then there's another thought, another thought, another. There is this bouncing of a sequence, right? Where intuitive thoughts just suddenly just land in your head, bang, all at the same time. All of that information is all at once. There is no sequence to it. It is bang, it's all there. And that's how you know it's intuition. And that that's what a lot of people say, that's a gift. The key, though, is to act on that right away, whether it is to write it down because you will forget it in under 10 seconds. It'll be gone. You go, oh, what was that I was thinking? So write it down or act on it or both. So that's the difference between your own thinking, sequence, intuitive thinking, bang, pop, all at once, coming out of nowhere, leaving without a trace. That's intuition. And I do believe that there are, that everyone has this and it is a guide towards what your ultimate life would be and it's constantly nudging you towards it okay so what is a prescribed meditation come into it so meditation is quite simply at its very bare bare roots level foundational level it is just a way to relax the mind while you're awake right as we sleep we are relaxed we are naturally actually moved into different you know the theater all those different sort of wavelengths of sleep and we naturally rest and relax but we don't naturally do that when we're awake so meditation is a particular way to allow us to control the way that our minds can play with us but to bring that energy down while we're awake and to be able to do that at will and that is not an easy skill to do but is definitely learnable it is definitely learnable And just like anything, it it just takes repetition, right? We didn't learn to ride a bike just by getting on and going zoom or a skateboard even, right? It takes time to learn the basics. And it might take, what is it? What do they say? Is it 30 days or more? Something like that. Well, there is a certain amount of commitment you have to do in order to learn it. And anyone, everyone can learn meditation. It just takes practice. The more you do it and the more life experiences you have and the more you push through the difficulty of those life experiences, using your meditation and meditation is not always going to work during these tough life experiences um, but it's definitely going to make you better coming out of the other end because you pushed through it you 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 kept it going as you went through those experiences so it definitely is going to be better through the other end prescribed meditation is understanding how your head is thinking and how it's tricking you into thinking things that are not real and then reprogramming it through recording a meditation for yourself on your phone for yourself that you re-listen to so for instance what is what is one of the challenges i'm working through right now okay so with my business one of the challenges i'm working through right now is to smooth the financial inflows and outflows into the business okay so somewhere along the line i must have something in my head about money and there definitely is okay we all do have something negative or something Um, detracting in our head about money so I understand that in order for my financial uh, position to change my mental position about around finances have to change so what I do is I because I understand that my meditation now is all about financial things it's about how I feel about money how I think about money um, what I even what even goes off in my body when I say the terms money or wealth so what I'll do is I will actually go and just consciously think about, you know, what do I think about money? Okay, there's definitely some stuff in money because I remember my dad used to say, money doesn't grow on trees. And sometimes I've heard myself say that to my kids too. So there's something in there. All right, so in a prescribed meditation, I will take myself into a meditation as per usual, breathing, 
find a comfortable position, etc., etc. And then I'll say, okay, let's do a meditation about money. And then I'll start talking about it to myself. I'll say some things like, so I do truly believe that I'll never talk on the negative side of it. I'll always talk on the side I want to sway towards. That's really important. So I'll say something like, okay, so I know money can come easily and freely to people because it does and I've seen it happen. But right now it's not quite working for me. So I must have some things in my head that are not quite right about that. So let's think about all the things that money could be. And let me just think about how I feel and notice how I feel about in my body about that. So I'll say, money's good i enjoy having money money buys me the things that i enjoy having and so i'll just continue on that on that whole what and just keep speaking freely about it there is no don't go into this thinking you want to reprogram your brain go into it just free talking but you want to free talk on the positive side of it not on the negative side of it you want to and, and not make them too grandiose just start to edge yourself more towards, okay, I want the goal. The, the grand goal is I want more money. How am I edging myself? How much retraining my head? So that's why the prescribed meditation for me works really well. And that's how I navigate myself around some really tricky changes. And again, that business lifestyle design, I'm constantly reworking the experiences I want to pull into my business and my lifestyle. Cause for me, there is no differentiation between business and lifestyle. It's, like Richard Branson says, he says it perfectly. It's just living. Every day has got to be a great day. So how am I navigating myself across that? And the prescribed meditation is awesome for that. And I'll do one for you so that uh, on whatever topic and so you understand what that mm-hmm. what that's like. Just on that as well, I just think that that's really powerful, the prescribed meditation. So just sort of step by step for anyone who's listening. So say, for example, I was struggling with, um, an issue in my life related to my business. So I wanted to, um, you know, get more, get more candidates for a particular job or, you know, get more clients, whatever it may be. So I say to, so I say to myself, that's, that's what I want to try and attract into my life, more business. And then I record myself asking myself particular questions that I might have a few limiting beliefs around or might have a few sort of issues that I'm creating in in my life and maybe thoughts that perhaps I'm not aware of so just just take me to just take the listeners through just step by step one more time so the prescribed meditation so you make a mental note of something that you want to work towards Mm -hmm. and then how would you go about recording it okay okay so from then it's about understanding how you think about it Mm-hmm. Like without recording anything, you just mm-hmm. sit there and go, how do I think about this? Okay, something must not be so great about clients because how I think about clients because there's not enough right now. Okay, so how many do I want? Hey, it'd be really great if I had three clients. Okay, three clients. So what am I doing right now that's getting me towards those goals? Well, I had that conversation with that person the other day and I sat down and we did that design with that person. So there's things that are going. So again, look on the on the pro side of things, right? What are you currently doing and what's currently working for you in your life and, and bring them into the limelight more. We are so good in our minds to bring all the crap and all the stuff we're not doing and how bad I am and how lazy I am. No, no, just leave that alone. What are you doing? What's working? What What are the little things that had that conversation that, that could potentially lead somewhere? Okay, that was really great. And that could lead somewhere. I need to continue to nurture that because it needs a little bit more. Okay, and there's a client over here. And you know what? I could be going to that meetup over there because, you know, every time I go to a meetup, I meet a new person who becomes a new client. So, you know, what is going good so far? What are you doing that's right? What are, you know, and, and start to dig into that more. And then you'll start to, then as you're starting to, lift that you'll find in a week's time maybe a little bit more has happened record another one you want it to be very current and you because what happens is we forget all the really great things that we've done right and it's so easy our mind is such a naughty little thing it it smacks us around all the time for all the bad things that we do so if we are able to on a daily weekly weekly basis is enough Record all the great things you did this week. Don't worry about don't worry about any of the bad stuff you did. Who cares about that? Record all the great stuff you did. I did this. I met with that person. That was really great. There could be an opportunity there. No, 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 no. Okay, and then play it to yourself in the morning when you wake up. Remind yourself where you're at. Then when you go to sleep at night, play it again. Remind yourself where you're at. you'll know when situations change and you need to record another one. 
But that whole reminding yourself where you're at, because it's your voice speaking to yourself, is such a great this is the benchmark. And it, it won't allow you to fall lower than that. You, at very least, you're at that level. So you can only build from there. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think for somebody like myself, um, and I know a few people like this, I'm I'm a perfectionist. So I always try and, you know, say, I, I've got to do this this way. And that wasn't perfect quite yet. And I, I think we can all be very self-critical. So I love the way you focus on the more positive things that are happening in your life and, and and I do believe if we are more positive then we attract that into our lives and you know you always see these people that you know seem to say oh it's always things, bad things always happen to me and that whole mentality and they get stuck in those yeah. those loops of just yeah one crisis to the next bad things happen to everyone yeah bad yeah. things don't just happen to particular people bad mm-hmm. things happen to everyone and there's two ways generally as people we deal with it mm. one is we just work with it and we move on and the other way we deal with it is we repeat the story again Mm -hmm. and again and again and again and we never move on and that never goes anywhere Mm -hmm. yeah i i just i think this whole prescribed meditation is is not something i've heard about before and i can imagine hearing your own voice is extremely powerful wow it's really creepy at the start and it's really like oh my voice sounds like crap but uh, after you get over that like after you've listened to it you know for a few days in a row like it's like it becomes like it's just how I sound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it is it's meant to be extremely powerful to hear your own voice mm-hmm. tell you what to do yeah. or tell you what you're doing really good. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's plenty of research about that, but I've yeah. definitely read it before where yeah. listening to your own voice in a pre-recorded thing is extremely um, advantageous mm-hmm. for yourself. And when did you start doing this? Uh, it's been a recent thing, this one, actually. I've always been I- involved in meditation, but it came out because... Over the last few years, I've wanted to develop a system for lifestyle printers, for people like me that have worked X amount of years in an industry. They're really good at what they do. They're trying to start a business. It's sort of somewhat working, but it could be so much better. But they don't want to create a big business either. They, they don't want to put themselves back in that situation of, oh my God, I'm working 80 hours a week. I don't get to see the people I love the most. I'm, I'm spending an hour a day traveling here and there, whatever, like, no. It's about how do we do this very simply? What tools do we need for people that don't want to create a big business? They actually want to enjoy the hell out of every single day. And even the work they do, they want that work to be really enjoyable. So the, that this prescribed meditation only really came out. I, I think I've probably been using this particular thing for maybe weeks only. You know, weeks. It's very recent. But it's just, it, it stops me. It stops me from getting to the negative mindset. And that is so easy to do. And when you're running a business, it's so easy to do because there's so many things you have to think about. So your question about how do I keep my, my uh, yeah, that motivation up, it's, it's that. It's reminding myself where I'm at. Like I found that extremely powerful. But learning the skill of meditation first was really powerful too because that allows me at will to bring that energy down while I'm awake. And when you can bring your energy down like that and just relax, you can see things for what they are and you can get through, what do we call that? The fuzz, the haze, the the wiry crap. I don't know what that is. It's just this stuff that gets in the way. You can see things, oh, that's important, that's not important. So that skill of learning meditation was really important. And again, all meditation is, is being able to bring your energy down while you're awake. That's, that's to me, that's what the purpose is. Because when I brought my energy down, I can react better. I can have a conversation with an aggressor better. I can look at a situation with better perspective. I feel calmer through my body. So I'm not pumping through, you know, the chemicals that are response chemicals through my body everything's better the person that i'm speaking to is now in a better position because i'm in a more receptive better state of mind so learning that process of meditation that and that's your objective is literally just to to bring your energy down then the prescribed meditation on top of that is is very powerful because it's your voice it's you understanding exactly where you are and what you're doing which is good and where you need to keep working into Mm -hmm. amazing 
let's go back to the lifestyle by design because I think that's also something that you've touched upon and I'd like to sort of dig, dig into that a bit more so let's just say you've somebody's listening to this at the moment and they're in a job that they hate they're not happy with their lives and they would like to start designing their life they've got a blank sheet of paper in front of them what types of questions would be good for people to start asking themselves i'll be i'll be running this actually i'm gonna i'm gonna launch the first one of these probably december Uh where it'll be just a an experiment because everything i do and we can talk about that a little bit more everything i do is an experiment so i'm going to experiment with this tool that i've been using for myself with others and see what the feedback's like but to answer your question that's the first two things that we talk about in that tool and and the first one is what experiences do you want to draw into your life you know you're having a number of experiences now great who cares but what are the ones you really want have you ever stopped to write down on a sheet of paper what do you want to experience in life like for me one of my experiences was i want to live by the beach and I wasn't living by the beach in Melbourne and I want to see the sun more often. That's an experience. I want to see the sun. The sun makes me happy. It's got such beautiful warmth to it. It instantly makes me happy. So that was one of the experiences. I want to live by the beach. I want to see the sun more often and I want to have more exercise in my life because I know how important exercise is. So identifying that, and this is what can people do, identify the experiences you want to pull into your life. And then identify what it is you need to do in order to start seeing those experiences show up. Okay. The second thing you can do, and that, that takes care of the future casting because that's future experiences. Okay, that, that's taking care of my future. And then as you see, as you're doing the things that are going to see the experiences show up, and I'll give you an example in a minute, you put a dot next to it or, or a mark. Uh, you know how we go, one, two, three, four, cross for five. One, two, three, four, cross for five. Do that to say it's starting to show up haven't got the whole thing but i see a little bit of it and if it's not starting to show up force it so for instance i couldn't get to the gold coast as fast as i wanted to so i started the holiday up there more often okay so i got that feeling of what it would be like to swim in the ocean more regularly what it would be more like to to get my skin in the sun and get me the color i should normally be um so force those experiences by making them happen and go experiences starting to show up right because that's all it is but that's taking care of the future. You're, you're going, that's that's where I want to, that's the experience I want to pull into my future and, you, and you're pulling it in, you're focusing in on it and you're understanding what you need to do to make that happen. The next thing is, okay, now that I've got my future set and, and I know where I'm going, I need to make every day good. So what are the things that you need to be doing on a, if it's a, let's call it a day-to-day basis, a week-to-week basis or a month, whatever works for you, right? Come up with a list of things. For me, it's like, okay, I can name them straight away. Um, and I'll, let's not talk about business things because business things are, are literally just a, an ever-growing checklist of things to do, right? There's always things in the business list of things to do. Um, but there are things like, okay, I, I want to I make sure I surf regularly. So, okay, in a 30-day period, how many times do I want to surf? 15? 20 times? Okay. Every time I surf in that, I'll put a mark next to it. What else is important to me? It's important that I talk to my children regularly because we don't live in the same state. Okay, so we're really fortunate now that we've got tools like that and I'm really fortunate my kids are very independent children too. So, But I need to talk to them a certain number of times, whether it's on WhatsApp or whether I call them on WhatsApp or it's a text message or whatever, we need to have a certain number of touch points to make sure there's no disconnection there. So that's really important to me. So there is a number beside every one of my children's name on how many times I must communicate with them during the month or during the week, whatever whatever works for you. And there's guitar, there's um, there's kayaking, there's uh, time with Shelley, there's time, you know, there's everything. What's important to you? What's that list? Okay, and how many times do you need to be doing that? Mark it down. That will make sure that you never stray too far from what's important to you. That every day you can look at that checklist and go, did that, did that, did that. Okay, didn't get to that. Okay, cool. Okay. And then tomorrow you can go, did that, did that, did that. Oh, wow, look, I didn't get to that again. Okay. Third day you can go, got to that, got to that, got to that. I am doing that today. I, that's important to me. And so you just do it. So you either get to the point with that list where you start to check them off. You go, that's important. I'm, I'm making time for that. Or you get to the point where you go, you know what? It's not that important. I'm going to drop it off the list. So 
in both ways, you become very satisfied with how you're living your current life. You're doing things either to make your future life come alive or you're forcing it to happen through experiences you're creating for yourself. And so you're keeping both of those parts of the equation happy, the future and the present. A lot of what you just said there as well is very much related to self-love and self-care. How oh, okay. important okay. is that for people? Everything. Yeah. I am the most selfish person in the world for myself before everyone wakes up. And this is why I wake up early. And I only started to do this later in life when I started having children because you, when you start to have children now, you don't have as much time. And then you're putting them to bed. And by the time you put them to bed at nine o'clock or seven o'clock or whatever it is, depending on how they are, you're exhausted. And to want to work another hour on a business, either you're starting or you're into already, or you just go, oh my God, I'm just so exhausted. You wake up the next day, you're exhausted. That doesn't, that's not feeling good. So what I started to do was I started to go to bed just shortly after I put my kids to bed. So I'd go to bed at nine, nine thirty. 7, 7.30, whatever it was, depending on their age, right? And then I'd wake up early and it wasn't easy to start to wake up three o'clock in the morning. It just, oh my God, it was hard at the start. Um, and I used to try to wake up at three and then I'll wake up at four or 4.30. And then I try to wake up at three, I'd wake up at five. I try to wake up at three, I wake up at quarter to four, whatever it was. It doesn't really matter. Do it anyway and force it because what it will do is it will make you start to get really tired at 7 o'clock at night and 9 o'clock and you are going to fade. You're going to be sleeping whether you want it or not. And what that does, it starts to get you into a cycle of 3 o'clock wake-ups. Now let's talk about self-love because this is what the question was about and why I say I'm selfish. That time in the morning is for me and for me only. I do everything that Bernard requires of himself before I do anything for anyone else. I make myself coffee, I do my meditation, I do everything I want to do. I do my surfing, everything is for me, 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 me first. I feel it myself every single day. Then from that point onwards, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, whatever, I'm done. There is nothing more I need to do for myself except have something to eat and drink water. I'm totally client-facing after that. I'm totally for anyone else. I'm. If you have something to say, I'm totally here to hear it. But that whole self-love is critical if you're not if you're not fulfilled on the things you want to do every day then when you talk to somebody else you're thinking i didn't get to go to that run today um oh my god i'm putting on weight because i i haven't had the time to do that run and i've just stuffed that sandwich down and whatever right we, we know we know what that's like so that whole no no, no it's going to be about me first you know what if i have to turn the clock around to do that hell i'm going to do that and I think it's really important. And I think you'll probably find that a lot of people that um, start to become successful at whatever level in whatever they're doing, they do that. They start to get up early. And it's probably because that early time is that self-love time as well as maybe doing things for the business before they even go online. Mm-hmm. I think that's so powerful. And me, myself, I, I get up at five o'clock every day and the first hour or you know hour and a half is, is just for me. And and like you just said then you show up better for everybody whether that's clients your team your partner you know all your all of your colleagues at work you're in a much better headspace if you take care of you first and i actually think self-love isn't selfish it's the people that don't invest in self-love that are the ones that are poor leaders oh, you, snap you, at their children yeah. you know and, and i think taking care of yourself isn't selfish it's 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 crucial you see that a lot. You know, I used to travel on the train um, to go to work a lot. And I would often look at a lot of people and just think, wow, there's a lot of people that are not happy. There's a lot of people that are not happy. And if you're not happy, if you can't find happiness somehow, um, either change your job or change something because we're supposed to be happy in life. And if it's whatever difficulty you're going through, try and find uh, a way to give yourself time to nurture yourself, to to do nice things for yourself, to buy nice things for yourself, you know, whatever it might be. But you've got to look after yourself first, definitely. Absolutely. And this is all actually tying in beautifully. So from from everything that you've just said, sort of what I'm, what I'm taking away from this is obviously self-love is so important and whether that's you take time at the end of the day or in the morning, just find some time for you every day. Meditation, 
be be with your own thoughts take a deep breath and bring yourself back into the present and, and ask yourself those those bigger questions of you know what do I want what's important to me because I guess if you don't have the clarity to know what you want and where you're going you'll never then then be motivated to take the first step and make the time for you so what what comes first so if somebody is in a really bad you know place you know they're not enjoying their job or they're you know whatever it may be Mm. just just strip it all back so if they're in a really bad place what what do people need to do just to kick off and start all right let me try and put myself back in the state where i've been at certain really hard times in my life all right in those times, I really found it hard to meditate. I, I couldn't actually. I, I couldn't meditate. Um, let me just, yeah, I'll put myself in that position. Um, okay, so find a friend you can trust um, that will give you good advice, not give you the advice you want to hear. You don't want to be that person that where you're totally unloading on them all the time but you want to be able to find somebody you can trust just one person only that you can talk to and say hey this is how I'm feeling about this I don't necessarily need you to feel sorry for me or sympathize with me or anything but I just need to sort of tell somebody about this um, and I think everyone can find someone and remember we talked about two there's two sorts of people there are people that empower people and then there are people that control people there's only two sorts of people in life that I see. Um, and you want that person to empower you. Controllers will allow you to keep telling your story and 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 almost like want to lock you in that position where empowerers will go, no. Um, I can see you're drowning, but you know what? I'll lend out my hand. I'll pull you in a little bit closer, but you start swimming. Um, and it's up to you. You've got to... The reason why people start swimming is because they know that there is something that they're here to do in life. There is something big that everyone is here to do. And the reason why people start singing and they don't just let themselves drown is that they know deep down inside there's something. There's something I need to do and I haven't done it yet. And whether you've been through a rough time in life or whether you've been through... And everyone actually, no, that's, that's not true. Everyone has been through a rough time in life. It doesn't matter how much money or how much prestige you had. You still had really tough challenges. Everybody can tes- testify to that, I'm sure. But deep within each person, I do believe there is a purpose. And this is why we are unique. And this is why you and I can be in the same industry doing exactly the same thing, but still we can both survive because clients that would naturally gravitate to you would never come to me. And clients that would naturally gravitate to me would never come to you. So we have a specific thing we want to do. And this is what keeps us going. Now, when we don't follow that thing, we get further and further away from it. And life's trying to put us back on the path. It's going, no, no, no go back here, go back here. And we're going, no, I want to go here. It's going, no, go back here. And we're not listening to it. Find a friend, let yourself unload to them, but don't let them, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Don't let them allow you to keep telling that story over and over and over and over again. You want to feel uncomfortable enough to want to move through it. It's a really hard space. Um, do you, just to jump in then, do, do you think it's accepting where you are? I, I feel like when I've gone on my journeys mm. of a few sort of times where I felt, felt particularly okay. challenged, it was first of all, I had to accept that I wasn't perhaps in a good place and then then sort of reach out to somebody and then talk about it, like, this is how I'm feeling. Is, is acceptance a really big step? Absolutely. Yeah, we've talked, we've touched on this before in conversations yeah. we had. You, you're right on it there. We try to run away from that mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah. We try not to feel it. We try to do all sorts of things to cover it, mask it, um, uh, pretend that it's not there, etc. And the way to get through those really painful parts of life is to just sit in it and burn and it does feel like you're burning and sometimes it feels like that burn just doesn't stop for days for like hours for minutes it just hurts and hurts and hurts and life hurts um but we do we try to run away from we try oh no it's okay it's not 
guys are really good at this. Mm-hmm. No, it's okay. So it's fine. No worries. She, she'll be right. Um, but it's really like, no, no, we actually got to own it. We've got to say, this hurts, man. And rather than run away from it and say, she'll be right, you go, no, no, I need to sit in this. When my brother passed, I had to sit in that feeling for a long time to get over that, to, to feel like, you know, you always feel, you always feel somehow it was your fault um, when someone dies earlier than they should have. Um, you got to sit in it. You know, even the hardest thing I ever had to deal with was the separation I went through and being a good man through that separation, even though I didn't want to be a good man. But it was sitting in that feeling and letting it burn me up totally that allowed me to get to a point where I was more calm than I was angry. And I think things will either make us ashamed, things will make us angry or things will make us hurt. And if we just sit in it long enough to feel how awful that feels, eventually actually it starts to go away. Eventually it does. Eventually you feel it so much, you start to go, I know what this feels like. I'm not running away from it anymore. This doesn't feel good, um, but I'm going to sit in it until it goes away. There are circuits that we have, I think, in our brain that we don't necessarily need. And this is why older people tend to get more, what's the word for it? Um, patience. No, no, oh, patient even. Patience. Some some people get bitter if yeah. they don't sit if in it, if they keep repeating yeah. the story, yeah. right? Yeah. But if you do let it burn you and you do sit in it, you you will become a calmer person. You will become a, a more peaceful person. You will become a nicer person. You'll become a more gentler person. Um, I, I don't know how that works. I'm sure someone that's in the psych side of things will. But I know that if you sit in it and you just sit in it and you just sit in it and you just sit in it, eventually you go, I'm cool with this. It, it still hurts. But I've got it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't become your whole identity. Yeah. 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 I think that's really, really powerful. So we've covered a lot of grounds. And I think, you know, the the whole podcast is all around leadership and mindset. And I believe to be an incredible leader, you do need to work through all this stuff. You do need to know who you are. You do need to know what you want, why you want it. And, and you do need to take care of yourself. I think that you have addressed every single component that I would say creates an amazing leader which is why I think everyone that meets you has just feels that connection there because you have owned your story and you do know who you are and and you're very honest you know you I think you what you do so well is you admit that you don't have all the answers and you're working through this but you're but you're doing something about it and that's the thing I think people just taking it's taking the first step of going after what you want and showing up every day no matter what's going on and getting yourself in the right headspace and that's what you do so beautifully um thank you by the way (laughs) no and i really really mean that from from the bottom of my heart um in terms of now and the whole self-development piece and continued learning growing how important is for that for you right now to continue this journey and to get you to where you want to be you don't ever stop learning do you really yeah i agree wow and i feel like um there's so much I need to learn. There's, there's so many things I'm still a dummy at. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you start to run a business and then you think you'd be really good at it because you can do it as a job and then you start doing it you go, oh, now you've got to create a company and now you've got GST and, and now you've got proposals and now you've got business development to do and now you've got invoicing and now you've got clients and now you've got nurturing and, now, and then this goes on and on and on and on and you're not even doing the work yet, right? You're just, um, it, it's 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 tough but um you want to keep learning i think that if you don't learn then i i would be bored because i find that you get to a point with everything whether it's your exercise everything right everything's got infinite depth um but you get to a point with everything where you plateau and you go i'm here this is really cool and it's nice to rest in that plateau for a while and you go wow i worked so hard to get to this it's just cruising this is lovely but then eventually you go, I need to do something. I need to grow. And I think it's the human condition to grow. And this is what just keeps us motivated. So if you don't have um, if you don't if you don't have the, the want to get better, if you don't have 
a drive to succeed, a drive to be better tomorrow, I think you're probably just in the wrong space. I think you probably just haven't discovered, you either haven't spent time discovering what it is you love to do, you don't, or you don't know what it is, which I didn't. I didn't know it. I accidentally fell into it. Um, but once you do find it, do not let anyone discourage you that that is not something you can make money from. Um, that is not something that is cool. Or if you if that's what you want to do, I say go into it and sit in that hole and turn around hundreds of hundreds of different ways and work out how you can make that work, how you can make money from it. Because I think we are all naturally programmed to do something specific so well that nobody else can do it that well because you're just configured to do it like that and you just have to learn how do I make money doing this and I think that's where that lifestylepreneur thing comes into it because I think a lot of people these days are fed up with living in the cities the cities are getting heavily populated Um, the infrastructure is not keeping up with the immigration and the growth in just terms of people and population everywhere you go you're sitting in traffic like it's it's just chaos and so we've got a lot of people looking at that reflecting at some point in their life going how long do I want to keep doing this for? And wanting to go to a better lifestyle. And, and you, you know what, you and I have done that, which I think for you it was like an eight-year planning, right? For me it was five-year planning. And I think, I still think you're doing it better than I am. But it doesn't really matter, like, because we're both here and, and you're on a different journey than I am. So, and you're learning different things to what I am because you want your business to be a certain way. So, uh, the, the the learning never stops but do what you love to do and that's what I, I think I advise my kids to do I'm not forcing them down any route I don't want them to go to uni if they want to great if they don't great um, but I'm watching them to see what do they love and I'm gonna say work out how you can make money doing that and love it for as long as you love it for and when you stop loving it look around and look at what else is going on if you see something over there run after it and then learn that and learn how to make money out of it and get into that hole and turn around 600 different ways to work out how you can make money in it. Um, and I think you'll always be happy. I think you you may not always have the money that comes with a secure job and working on a week-to-week basis, but you'll be switched on and you'll be happy and, and, and you'll be constantly learning because you'll be in a space you want to be in. And that leads very nicely to sort of my final question, which is what does a amazing life look like to you if you look back at your life and go that was an incredible life that i had what would it look like if i died tomorrow Mm -hmm. i hope you don't i hope i don't (laughs) i would the last five months for me would have been ultimately fulfilling ultimately fulfilling i could die tomorrow an entirely happy man knowing that five six years ago I made the plunge to try to make a business and to try to make it work and that was my dream and rather than die at, I don't know, I've got an idea, I'm going to live to 130, right? (laughs) But rather than die there, look back and go, wow, I wonder what happened if I'd done that at that age, where would I be now? I am there now. Mm. I am that ultimate lifestyle. I have it. An ultimate lifestyle for me is... You have to work, right? We have to work. We all need money to do things. And we all have desires to buy things. But the ultimate life is if you can wake up every single day and 80% of those days are pretty good, like it hits the mark, like that's to me, that's you're done. And 80% of my days are like that. Now I'm trying to get more of other things involved in it as well. So the ultimate life to me to dictate what it is and it's different for everyone. You have to go down the path to discover what it is for you, especially if you don't know like I did. I woke up in Kira Beach that day and went, this is my ultimate life. Um, getting in the sun every day. Oh, Number one thing is having a great partner. Absolutely, number one, without a doubt, having a great partner is ultimate because there are so many great things to do in life. But if you turn around and there's nobody there to say, Check out this beautiful beach. How beautiful is this? How great is this sun? Oh my God, I feel those. Feel that sand. If there's no one there, that's empty. That's nothing. You can still enjoy it, but to have that 
one person with you that you can just go, oh, isn't this so good? That's number one. I've got that, which is good. Number two is um, the beach, surfboards, um, any sort of any sort of exercise gear. I love bikes, motorcycles, um, kayaks. Doing activity, exercise every day, is ideal. Is ultimate for me. Getting in the sun is ultimate for me. Spending time with the person um, that I love being with is ultimate for me. Um, having money in the bank is ultimate for me and my lifestyle uh, having gone through the things I've gone through I've not by choice but through force learned how to be frugal so I don't need a lot of money to survive and I literally have almost everything I ever wanted right now but I didn't know all the things I ever wanted were so simple like surfboards bicycles like a beach which is free everywhere um so i i almost live the ultimate lifestyle for myself what i define as it um the only thing i'm keen to do that i'm doing every single day is is developing a business that i want to be doing for the next mm. how old am i now oh, maybe 20 30 years yeah that's and that's plenty of time i definitely will get good at that in 20 30 years for sure absolutely bernard it's been an absolute pleasure i feel like i have gone on such a journey and i'm sure the listeners will as well so where where can people find you what's how can people reach out to you all right uh best way to get me is on linkedin Mm -hmm. i i am on all the social media channels but i must admit linkedin is my channel because um it's a business channel um there is uh you can so you can contact me through there and I, uh, I don't think you need to be connected to me. I don't think to contact me. That's no, the way it's set up. A, yeah, request. Yeah, yep. Yep. Um, and of course, there's the contact us form on the designwashby.com site that you mm-hmm. can contact me on. Um, mm-hmm. That's probably the best two ways. Great. Easy. We'll put the links in the comments. Thank you so much. Cool. And I uh, look forward to working with you a lot more. Thank you. Amazing. So do I. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mind to Do podcast. If you enjoyed it, please share it with at least one of your friends and please leave a comment. Please like this podcast. It would mean the world to me. Let's connect. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. Georgie Hubbard on LinkedIn. Georgie L. Hubbard on Instagram. I hope you have a beautiful day. I look forward to bringing you lots more content, lots more value. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon.